all stand and we're going to read God's word uh, for us today. And then I'm going to read from Book of Proverbs, uh, chapter 2, verses 1 uh, to uh, 11. Uh, let's uh, uh, all read it together in unison and God's word for us uh, today. Uh, hear God's word and let's read it together. My son, if you keep my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for a hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find a knowledge of God and gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the, the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity every good path. For wisdom will come into you and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you and understanding will guard you. Let's pray one more time. Lord, we thank you. We come to you, and we pray that you will speak to us. And we pray that we will not just uh, gain little insights or learn something more, but Lord, we pray that you will speak to us the words that we need to live, and so that it will transform us and make us to be more like you. We thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, starting from last Sunday, uh, we are doing a series called GPS, God's Positioning System, and we're learning about guidance. Uh, guidance. And last Sunday, we talked about Psalm 23, and most important thing is uh, not just how to find out God's will, but, but coming to know God, who is our shepherd, that he's uh, one that leads us, and as we learn to walk together with him and trust him, and then he will continue to lead you for his name's sake. And that's an important truth that you and I need to have. Today, uh, we're going to uh, how to grow uh, in, in, in wisdom as you walk the path of wisdom and how you become wise in the way that you make decisions and then in the way that you live. Well, uh, Jamie and I, when God brought us together, and we've been married for about 25 years. And when God brought us together, it was very clear. And for both of us, and it was very clear that God brought us together. And there were many confirmations. And that God really was bringing both of us together to uh, be a family that we will serve the Lord uh, together. And then I will be talking a little bit more about those other times too. But this was a surprise. I knew and she knew that God brought us together for marriage and to serve God. And I thought everything else will just fall into its places. You know, when we met together and when we felt that God brought us together and then we went to our parents and then we introduced our you know, future spouses and the reaction that we got was they said no. 
You know, look, look at this skinny guy that looks so boring. No, he's not the right person. And then look at this girl, and that is an art student, and then she is uh, uh, too creative and then too pretty to be a pastor's wife. And then there were kind of reactions that we were getting. And then it just didn't subside for a long time. What shocked me was this. We knew for sure God brought us together. We thought everything else will just pan out. And then when the approval and blessing didn't come for a long time, I was surprised. God, you're supposed to work everything out because this was your will, God's will. You know, sometimes God's will doesn't mean that everything will just pan out. And then I was immature. We got married, you know, with their blessing, and we were so very thankful. But then as we were living our lives together as a married couple, I was surprised. I thought because God brought her and then we married together, that God will make me happy through her. And that's what I thought. I never really thought about it that way. But then as I was living two, three years, I realized, I just thought, yes, God brought her to me. That means God's going to make me happy through her. And that's what I realized. I was not prepared and I didn't have a clue as to what marriage was and then how I was to be a husband to serve and that's where I was. And then when we ran into many challenges, failures and disappointments and sometimes I just didn't know how to pick up and how to lead and then how to serve God together and those were some of the things that I thought about when I look back. You see, I was very sure, we were very sure that God brought us together. But then, I was not wise. I was a nice guy, and I was a good son. But I was not wise in the way that I had to deal with relationship, in the way that I needed to be a, a, a husband, and in the way that I needed to be a leader that I needed to be. I thought, being a nice guy... You know, somebody, you know, that serves God and we just, everything will work out. I was a fool and that's what I think. I realized in the book of Proverbs, there are more than one way, description of who fools are. There are fools that said there's no God, I'm going to just run my own life, I want to do my own thing. And that's typically the fool that the scripture speaks about, fool who rejects God and ignores God and run his own life. But there are some others, you know, who are people that are arrogant and then know it all, people who are called scoff, scoffers, scornful and scoffers and people that are arrogant. And then people that just say, ah, look at this, look at that, and like, I don't think so, I don't, you know, I think this is what it is. People that have so many opinions and people think that they know it all. You know, the scripture says they're a fool. What do they really know? Do they have a corner in the whole universe? What do they really know? And the scripture says they're a fool. But I didn't know that there is another kind of fool. And that is fool. That is just naive fool. People that are very nice and grew up going to church and very nice and then kind to other people. But people that are too simple, gullible, people do not think carefully about choices that they make and then how they choose to live their lives. Do you know some people 
that you knew. They've been praying for a long time and then came together, got married, and said, this is the person I want to live the rest of my life with. And then, and then, in few years, end up hurting one another, ending the relationship miserably. Do you know some people, you know, that, that are in love together, serving God together, but don't know how to deal with challenges and issues? You know that many of these things really point to us that more than learning how to make good decisions, who to marry, or what kind of job to get, what God reminds you and me is that we need to become wise. We need to become wise. Wisdom that the scripture speaks about is not just learning how best to make good decisions, but wisdom that scripture teaches us is this. In order for you to make good, wise decisions, you need to become a wise person. And you need to grow to be a wise person. And then you will learn to make good decisions. How do we understand wisdom? One of the ways that we could think about it is not just somebody that knows a lot, but somebody that knows what important things are about, but also living it out. Somebody who says, oh, I have passion for poor people. And if the person is not doing anything, especially in his life, this person may know a lot, but this person is not living wisely. Wisdom. Having the practical competence, skill, that is able to help you to live in the midst of complex setting. Competence that helps you to live in such a way in the midst of many challenges. Especially for you and me. People that know what God teaches and people do not just know about the scripture, but people living it. Practical skill and competence. Well, one of the words that related to wisdom, especially as we go to the book of Proverbs, is this word path. Path. You know, in Proverbs, there are more than 100 times this word path is used related to wisdom. And in the Old Testament, more than 700, 800 times the word path is used to describe how our lives are meant to be not just learn how to make good decisions, but, but we are to walk together with God. You see, try to understand it this way. For you to become wise, you need to walk on this path of righteousness and life, and that will make you wise. As you continue to walk on this path, of wisdom that you will grow to be wise and as you become more wise and then you will be able to make decisions more wisely. Path. Left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. It's walking for a long time. Basically, steady, repeated acts that you do. What you choose to do day in and day out. The things that you do every day. 
through which that you grow in wisdom will make you a wise person that will help you to make wise decisions. Chapter 2 that we read together speaks about invitation to wisdom. And I hope that you will take more time carefully read this passage, chapter 1, 2, 3, and in the beginning of Proverbs. But basically it goes like this. First few verses, verses 1 and down, it says, If you do these things... And verse 5, it says, as you learn to walk on this path of wisdom, you will encounter God, who is the source of wisdom. And then as you continue to walk and encounter God, God's going to transform your lives. And as you continue to walk on this path of wisdom, it's going to protect you from temptation and from other wickedness and other things. And it will continue to help you to live in such a way that will fulfill God's purpose for you. You see, today, first section we are going to look at some of the things that God's word reminds you and me if you do these things you will encounter God and God will bless you and then you will live a life making wise decisions there are three things that I want you to look together with me first one is this through your daily discipline and then choices. And then I hope that you and I will grow in gaining wisdom through God's word. First verse, it says this, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you. If you receive my words and treasure up. You know, here it's saying if because not many people, even those that come to church, don't do this often. You know, how would you gain wisdom from God's Word? Would you approach it? You probably heard this story as somebody that opened the Scripture and said, God, what word would you speak to me today? And then the Word opened up and said, Judas went out and hung himself. And said, ah, do you want me to go kill myself? No, that can't be. And said, no, I'm going to do it one more time. And he opened the Bible and says, you know, go do likewise. Ah, oh, does it mean that I need to go and then kill myself? No, that doesn't make sense. And then one more time, and open the scripture, he says, do what you need to do, do quickly. I'm like, oh, this is not what God is saying. And you know the story, how foolish that is. But you know, as we come to God's word, sometimes we don't know how to receive and glean wisdom from so much of God's word that God gives to you. The word receive can also be translated as accept or to take for yourself. I was thinking Todai buffet restaurant. You know, if you go there and then they have so many food and so many different things. I first go to the uh, 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 Japanese section and that's what I start with. But you know, in the midst of so many different food that's there, you know, that's all there. But what becomes yours is what you take and put it on a plate and take it to your seat. And then what you put into your mouth becomes yours. Here, all of you have Bible, Bible apps, 
all of you have exposure to so many ways that you hear God's word. But are you receiving God's word to be yours? Many times, unless you receive it, take it as yours, unless you put it to work and live it, you don't even know what God's word is saying to you. Word of God is not just for your information. You need to take it and apply, live it, so that you know what God is speaking to you. But you know, much more that's connected to here is this, you need to treasure God's word. Let me try to put it together this way. You know, you are reading the scripture and God speaks to you through a quiet time. And then and God says something about loving or whatever it may be. And then you say, yes, God, thank you for speaking to me. And then you receive it. And then you apply it and you are living. But you know, as you are putting that to work, you see how God is changing you and how God through that word is transforming you and then blessing you. In the midst of difficult situation, not knowing what to do, and then you pray and God gives you a word. I am with you, or I will guide you. Whatever the situation it may be, God, through His word, meets together with you, speaks to you, and gives you the word. But the words that you receive, if you say, oh, that's good, and then you put it aside, you lose it. But you begin to bring and put it to your heart and treasure it. I know when I was praying, should I go to seminary or not? And God, I want clarity, confirmation through the scripture as we are doing the quiet time that week, every day God made it certain. And those are some things I fall back on. God, what am I to do? I don't know fully, but you spoke to me and then I know your words. In the midst of confusion, difficulty, I am with you. And then there is nothing that will shake you. The words that God speaks to me, one by one, that I have put to work and saw that work, and those that have become a blessing, I collect and keep it in my heart as a treasure. How many treasures do you have? Do you just say, oh, I liked it. No, no, no. Good that you like what God is speaking to you. Do you apply it and live it and saw the power and the promise? And do you keep it and treasure it as that which that will guide your life and lead your life? I hope. You and I will have many, many treasures in our hearts. While there may be so many things that may be going on outside the world, God's word that says, nothing will harm you and I am with you. The scripture that God gives to you will be the treasure that will guide your life. But you know, verse 4, it continues to speak about God's word and treasure. 
And if you are somebody that received God's word and now treasure it and together with you in your heart and in your life. And verse 4, if you seek it like silver, search it for like hidden treasure and you will gain understanding. What here and the scripture is reminding us is this, if you know the value of God's word, not just when you wait until difficulty comes and then you speak and then God gives you the word. As you study the word, as you go through it carefully, you begin to see, oh, I didn't know that it was here. I didn't know this was speaking about certain situation about my needs. As you go through the scripture, you begin to realize there are so many treasures buried here. And then as you <coughs> pick it up and then just value it and live it, and then carry it more, and then you grow more and more as somebody that has much treasure. How to read a book is a classic. I'm sure many of you read it. And in the preface, you know, Adler writes about uh, this, and he says this, quoting Pascal, when we read too fast or too slow, we understand nothing. Even reading a book, when you are such a hurry to just get the facts and the points, you miss the intent of the book. But as we come to God's word, unless we de-accelerate, decelerate, and then learn to immerse our lives before God, sometimes we do not notice. And sometimes we do not see the treasures that God lays before us. There was a gentleman named Louis Agassiz, and then he was a Harvard Museum, uh, uh, founder of a Harvard Museum of Comparative Geology and a Harvard professor. And then one of the students, Samuel Scudder, writes about how he learned to see fish in this article called Agassiz and the Fish. When he signed up, to be his assistant in his class, and then first thing, first day, uh, the, the professor took him and his classmates and then brought one fish, Hamelin, and that's kind of a species of fish, and says, you know what? You need to learn and study this fish, and then look carefully, and then gave the assignment. And after 10, 15, 20 minutes, and then he was all done, and classmates were all done. We know 25 things about this fish, and what else do you want me to do? And the professor came and said, look more. You guys even, even start. And then as they were looking and looking, looking, the time passed, and the professor went away and did something, and they were at it for an hour and two. And when the professor came, take a lunch break and then come back, and then you need to continue to look. And in the afternoon, as the professor was asking, how is it going? You know what? I've been looking, looking. I didn't know what else to look. And then I've been counting the scales. And, I've been, and then drawing the pictures. And, and I've been looking at more things. And, but, but I don't know what else to look. He said, oh, keep looking. You haven't begun to see what you needed to see. As they were looking, 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 the day came to an end said, Tomorrow we're going to come back and look again. The following day, he was thinking about all these things and came back. He was looking and the professor said, look, look carefully. 
You're not looking at what you need to look at. As he was looking carefully, and then he saw some things. Oh, it's symmetric. And then, you know, how it's shaped. And this is how it's, you know, going. And then drawing as they began to look. And he says, I don't know what to look, but I realize that I don't know a lot about this fish. After four days, professor brought in another fish of the same family. And then when the new fish came with the same family, the professor said, look at the similarity, resemblance, and difference. And then he was able to see very clearly, oh, this is shaped this way, but this is very similar, but different. When they were done with one, two fish, and another fish came, and that semester, they spent time looking at all those fish that semester. This gentleman said, you know, when I dream, I was drawing this picture. Whenever I dream, draw a picture of a fish, I always dream and write this fish because I was so focused on that. Here, even looking at some facts about the fish, you need to learn to pay attention. But as you pay attention to God's word, as you care for, cherish, and value, and savor God's truth, as you begin to walk in it, as you grow in it, verse 5, it says, you will encounter through God's word, God who is speaking to you, that God who is with you, God who wants to meet together with you, and you will run into something called fear of God, and then you will come to the knowledge of God. How do you grow wise? God gave us his word. As we pay attention, and as we grow in taking God's word, you and I will grow. Second thing, how do we grow as we learn to take daily steps and not just learning God's word but also that we grow especially in wisdom as we learn to seek counsel from others verse 2 goes like this making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding you see here we could think together about how you can grow wise, especially asking for advice and counsel. Because God is speaking to us, giving us wisdom, not just to you as a person, but also to us as a community. And there are other people that have God's wisdom and truth, and then it's impacting their lives. So God is reminding us, learn to ask and seek wisdom. You know, uh, a few years back, uh, there was a, a, a pastor, OEM, and who was a single. It's not Pastor Jacob. Uh, but, but what happened was, uh, and then he was also a beautiful pastor. And then what happened was this, you know, after serving here for about a year or so, and three ladies approached and said, you know, God spoke to me, and then God told me to marry you. And then he was shocked. And then he said, 
God didn't tell me to marry you. So, you know, maybe we're t- God's not talking right, or maybe you're just listening to something else. You know, sometimes that happens, does it not? When you are so focused on an important topic as you're praying and as you're even reading the scripture and doing other things, you are so emotionally involved and then you can only think about those things and to the point that you cannot make objective decisions. But you know, many times in the midst of you facing many challenges, you need to learn to turn to others and ask for advice and ask for their counsel so that you may learn to grow and hear what God may be speaking to you. A story about Solomon's son. Solomon had a son, Rehoboam. And then after Solomon was uh, died, and then he became a king. And then there were some other people, Israel people, that came and talked to him. You know, your father was so very ruthless, and then he was a tyrant, and then he was giving us a yoke that was so difficult for us to carry. And then if you lighten the law, then we will serve you, and then serve the country. And then he told them, give me three days, come back. When he went to the elders and then he asked them, what should I do? Should I listen to these guys and lighten the load or what should I do? And an elder said, yes. You know what? It was so difficult for everybody. Lighten up the load and so that they will be willingly serve God together with you. And that is the best thing. But then he didn't like the advice. He went to his friends who was working for him. And he told them, what do you think, guys? Do you think we should lighten up the load for these people? Or what do you think? And they said, no, no. You know what? You know what? We should demand more so that you could do even greater things, you know, than your dad did. So after three days, when people came, and then he told them, you thought my dad was bad. You haven't seen nothing yet. And then said, it's going to be so tough and you're going to do so much. You know how the story ends? You know how the story goes? And the nation was divided because he was not wise. Ten tribes left together with others and remaining Judah and Benjamin. You know, when you are faced with many difficult decisions that you have to face. Many times, uh, the challenges are non-ethical challenges. It's not right or wrong. It's like, you know, where should I work? Should I resign now? Or should I go to school? Or or should I meet and marry? Or there are a lot of these uh, uh, questions and then issues that you face. One of the best ways that you need to seek God's wisdom is to get advice, and talk to somebody for counsel. But it's important that you get a mentor. And then who have nothing to lose. You see his friends when they're saying, oh, you know what? If the kingdom becomes smaller, that means we cannot get the share. Hey, let's just make them work hard. No, to a people that have nothing to lose to tell you the truth, but also somebody who is wiser and older, somebody who is older than you, not just by age, but experience, but who is ahead of you, where you want to be. 
You know, I remember uh, some of the uh, young couples group, small group, they had uh, all little toddlers. And when they came together, they're just sharing a lot. But they're just basically sharing frustration. What do I do with this? What do I do? You know, husband's not helping. And that's basically a, a, a session where just uh, sharing so much frustration. But then one of them said, you know what? I don't want to be in this group anymore. I want to be together with the people that have already gone through raising children because we all share but we're not helping much. People that have already gone through what you are challenged with, ask them for advice. Possible more than one person, somebody that you may know or somebody that you may not know And then the person, as you're asking for wisdom and advice, you could probably ask something like this. Do you think this is within the bounds of the scripture? Do you think this is okay within the scripture? Do you think, what do you think is the the wise and the best thing? And then what would you do if you were me in this situation? What would you do if I was your daughter or your brother? And then what would you do? Even if it may seem biblically sound, if person that you respect and says, you know what, I would never tell my son to do that. You probably have to think again and then hold off on that. Many times, I have made some stupid decisions because I didn't consult with my wife or ask some other people. I prayed, prayed, prayed because it was something that I wanted. And then I prayed and prayed, became so focused on it. This is what God wants. And then realized it was not. That's what I wanted many times. The problem with me and problem with so many of us is this. that we are not teachable. We are not humble to come and ask. We're faced with important decisions. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think is best? Scripture, Proverbs says, where there is no guidance, people fail. and abundance of counselor, there is safety. The way of fool seems right in his own eyes, but wise man listens to advice. I hope that you will have a mentor to whom that you could go to. I hope many of you can be the mentor for others who are also going through what you have gone through. Yes, Many times you have to make decisions that may be even unpopular, but most of the time you do better when you get consultation from others. You and I need to grow more, especially through God's Word. You and I need to grow more through cleaning and gaining wisdom from others. But there's one more, verse 3. It says, yes, if you call out for insight, raise your voice for understanding, you will find it. Through prayer, 
that you will gain wisdom and you will grow. What do we need to pray for? You need to pray for wisdom. Do you know somebody that prayed for wisdom and got it? Solomon did, did he not? And then he became a king and then God appeared and said, Solomon, what do you want me to give it to you? And he said, not the riches, not the long life, but God give me wisdom so that I may live right before you and then lead others to be right and God give me wisdom. Was God not happy? No, he was pleased to give wisdom and so that he may leave his life and then lead others. It's interesting that is this. As you seek wisdom and through daily discipline, as you come to God, God also gives wisdom so that you can receive it as well. What else do we need to pray for? Not just that you pray, God, what do I do in the midst of this difficult situation? Ask and take time to pray and then seek wisdom. And many times God does give you wisdom. Extended time of prayer perhaps is needed. But you know what? Also, you need to spend more time praying for wisdom, especially as you go to God's Word. So that God will speak to you. God will meet with you in the scripture. I know many of you, most of you do quiet time regularly. But how is it going? Sometimes the condition of your heart determines so much. Ah, I do it. It's the discipline you have to do. You got to read and put in your two chapters, three chapters. Sometimes that's what you do. Psalmist prays, God Incline my heart. Rather than wandering off, God, grab my heart so that my heart may be leaning towards you so that I may receive your word. Psalmist also pray, God, open my eyes so that I may see the wondrous things in the scripture. Psalmist also prays, God, unite my heart with what you are teaching. So that not only I said, ah, oh, that was interesting, but Lord, let me put my life and then let me love it and then live it. And then also praying, sad is my, my soul through God's word this morning. You know, pray that God will continue to meet together with you in the scripture. Pray so that you coming to God's word, your quiet time will become sweeter and sweeter this year as we begin a new semester so that you will deepen your relationship with God. There's one more thing I want you to remember to pray so that you will grow wise and that is this. Pray for what you already know that is God's will. You see, God speaks to you and then you say, oh, God spoke to me about something. And then sometimes you come to the uh, uh, prayer team and then praise, God convicted me today and then I'm so blessed. Okay, are you living what God has spoken to you? What you already know to be God's word, are you praying so that you are going to live it? I don't know about you, many times, unless... 
even the things that I know this is what God is speaking to you, unless you make it a point of prayer, you cannot turn from your ways to obey what God is telling you to do. You need to come and pray, God, what you have revealed and spoken to me, God, I want to obey. God, change my heart. God, give me desire to obey and follow you. God, give me wisdom so that I may be able to be consistently doing this, what I need to do. And then as you continue to pray, that which that God has spoken to you, what you have received from God, as you live it, and then you will experience God coming through. And then as you experience God's blessing and through the word, as it becomes a treasure, and as you learn to keep those treasures in your heart, as you have more and more and more of God's treasures in your life, you will continue to grow more wise. You see, if you continue to seek wisdom through scripture and through seeking counsel through your prayer life a year from now you will be at a a different place and then you will be wiser making wise decisions you know let me just wrap up and then especially describing a little bit more about how god's going to bless you as you continue to seek God and walk on this path of wisdom, and you will meet God. And I mentioned earlier, fear of God, that you will come to know God and who He is, and then you will learn to put God first in everything that you do. And then you will begin to see God and God's ways. But interestingly, this is what happened. The wisdom will come into your heart. I love this. Wisdom. God will give you wisdom and they will begin to grab a hold of your heart, center of your will and purpose. And then you will see discernment, understanding wisdom and more clearly and you will become a wise person. But what's more? And then knowledge will be pleasant to you. Another word for pleasant is knowledge will give you a different taste. And this is what I mean. You see, I, I'm not a coffee snob, but I enjoy good coffee. Uh, you know, uh, if you want to uh, uh, buy me coffee, I will take any day, hand-drip Guatemala. I love that. That's my favorite choice. You know, I used to love uh, Starbucks Pike Place, but, you know, I don't drink that stuff anymore because I have tasted the good stuff. But you know what? As we come to walk with God and know God's truth, and then God gives us a different taste, good taste. As you see uh, uh, things that doesn't look so right, He says, "Uh uh-uh, I don't think that's good. God gives you a new palate that desires what God desires. And so you are able to say, no, not that one. What's more? Let me just read one more thing, and that is this. Verse 3 of chapter 3. Let your steadfast love and faithfulness be bound around your neck 
and then let that be written on the tablet of your heart. You know what God does? As you seek God and as you seek to grow in wisdom, God's unending faithful love and God who is going to be faithful to his promises and who he is to you, his love, his faithfulness, his undying promise and love will continue to bind your heart and continue to control your life so that you will continue to walk on this path of life and path of righteousness. Amen. Let's pray. Sometimes we're looking for how do I make a decision and God's saying, learn to. Do this thing steadily. Learn to come before my word and clean and receive and live and so that you will walk together with me. How do I grow? Seek and be teachable and so that you can learn even from others. How? Pray. So that God will give you wisdom but that God will meet with you through the word. But that which that God already did explain to you and reveal to you. Live it so that you will meet God. So that as you walk deeper with God, you will experience God's protection and victory. And God leading you to be beyond where you are. Would you just take short time to just think, God, what are you speaking to me today? What do I need to receive? What do I need to do? God, I want to be at a different place next year as I learn to be steady, as I learn to choose to follow you and walk with you. Lord, we thank you for your word. Help us to grow as we learn to walk together with you. In Jesus' name, amen.